ahead and hit record on this bad boy. Um, welcome to G League Tablet, episode two, everyone. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors. Um, we actually don't have any. Thanks to our audio and sound crew for pumping in some awesome music. Um, we actually don't have that either. Um, but you know what? We do have a love for the game of basketball. So I'm, I'm excited to be talking with the crew again. Uh, we got Mike, Karthik, and Khalil here to chop it up, talk some basketball. Because you know what? There's actual basketball back. And that's like really, really exciting. And Karthik, I know you dropped that link in there saying that the ratings were up significantly this year. That's cool. That's that's yeah. I see Mike. You're giving the double thumbs up. Like, I'm glad that the ratings are up um, because I know they were down during the bubble. Um, but now you know we're out of that bubble. We're free. Um, so let's go. Well, maybe not James Harden, um, but like you know, we're free. <laughs> we can just go do the things that we want to do with watching basketball at home on our couches, um, not out in public. Don't worry. I'm I stay home and I socially distance. Um, in case anyone listeners wondering what we're doing here. Um, but basketball is back and, and let's just jump right into it. So when I hear from each of you, like what's been a pleasant surprise so far, like what, what's something that's really stood out to you? And we'll definitely dive deeper into it a little bit later on, but um, Karthi, yeah, let's start with you. What's been a pleasant surprise so far? It's been great to just have basketball back. I am going to take the other side of just like what hasn't been is I feel like there have been so many blowouts and I don't know if it's just like, I'm playing, paying a little bit more attention this year or like how much the short off season played a role, but I feel like 60% of all games are like 20 plus point, just massacres. Um, and I'm hoping that things get a little bit more exciting, but I am appreciating the slower, like run to defense. I feel like we've had a couple of like 140 point shootouts that have been very enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I mean, uh, you saying that you're concerned about the blowouts, like, did you not watch the Knicks blow out the Bucks? Like that was not a concern. That was actually uh, pretty phenomenal. I mean, you can, yeah, you go ahead and complain all you want about that. But if the Knicks get a blowout win over the Bucks, like I am a okay with the blowouts. But I'll no, take you're that, right yeah. there for sure. Yeah, thanks, Khalil. All right, what about you, man? Um, yeah, I was gonna go with the blowouts, but I, it's just surprising to me still how terrible the Warriors are with Steph Curry back. I thought you know they were gonna make some type of run. You know, with the addition of, of Kelly Oubre uh, and and the boys, I I'm just surprised to see how absolutely terrible they are. Well, well they're hanging I, in there at least three and three. Steph drops if Steph drops sixty points every night, they'll be fine. Uh, okay, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was gonna mute you there because you brought up Kelly Oubre, and that should be a no no. <laughs> That's always a yes. Kelly Oubre, yes. I call time. him Kelly Oufre now because <laughs> he sucks. Yeah, he's pretty pretty. Didn't you pick him up in fantasy car thing? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. I think oh, he's yeah. like two for oh, 30, <laughs> two for 20 from three-point range. I don't know what it is, but it's very not good. Yeah. He's perking up, all right? It was a rough – and he looked good in preseason, so he's just looking rough to start. He'll bounce back. I'm not too worried about Kelly Oubre. Oh, okay, that, that's that's good to know, man. That, that's good to know, Mike. But uh, what's been a pleasant surprise for you or a concern for you? Uh, I'm going to start. So I, I want to talk real bad about the Rockets later. That is, you guys yeah. probably don't know this, but I am ungodly obsessed with the Rockets every year for different reasons. And this year I was ready to write them off. I was like, I'm sick of the Rockets. 
But uh, besides the Rockets, because I know we're going to get to them later, I'm going to say Victor Oladipo, um, who put up an absolute stinker the other night, and that really ruined my talking points. I think he was like 18% from the field. But before that, he was looking damn good. And uh, he's not quite where he was. Like, I don't see quite the same burst he had before, um, you know, all the injuries and stuff like that. But he looks a lot better than he did even in the bubble, in my opinion. And he was shooting it lights out for the first three or four games of the season. He is is finishing at the basket, which he couldn't do for shit in the bubble. And so, like, in general, I think everyone's talking about Sabonis. Uh, You know, Brogdon's obviously started well. But I think Oladipo being an above-average player again is going to be a key for the Pacers to sustain their hot start. You don't think they're going to trade him? Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> see, and he's playing well. I don't like if the Pacers like the Pacers have have four decent like are four and two. They've had a couple of good wins and they've looked good doing it. Both their losses were super close. Like I, if I'm the Pacers brass, I'm looking at this team and I'm like, this is a team that theoretically could compete to go far in the East. And like if Oladipo's a big part of it, I don't know that you want to necessarily move him. I'm you're right. Um, and those those losses, um, one of those losses to. <laughs> Uh, the New York Knicks, you know. Just, <laughs> I'm <laughs> sensing a theme in this episode, Kurt. <laughs> no, no theme. I don't have an agenda. No, no agenda here. <laughs> this is not a Knicks podcast. This is Mike. How much does the TJ Warren injury hurt Indiana's chances moving forward? I've never been huge on TJ Warren, to be honest with you. And I think that Justin Holiday, who's been kind of starting and play, soaking up a lot of the minutes that Warren had. I think Justin Holiday brings some stuff to the table that Warren doesn't really. Like, he's a better three-point shooter. He's a better defender. Um, so, I actually think, like, fit-wise, it's good. Um, I, obviously, you'll want the depth at some point. TJ Warren can, is still a guy who can create his own shot a little bit better than Justin Holiday. But if Oladipo's good, Brogdon's good, and the offense is going to run through Sabonis anyway, I think that Warren's skill set isn't as good of a fit as Holiday's skill set. And it wouldn't shock me if even when he comes back, if the minute distribution's not quite where it was before. Just picked up Justin Holiday on, on Fantasy Today, so... And I'm going up against you, so hopefully that comes to fruition. That's why you asked that question, Card. Very clever on how Justin Holiday was going to look. But no, I mean, you talked about like injuries with with TJ Warren, and I mean that has somewhat been a theme um, to start the season. Like you have it here, guys that miss multiple games either because of COVID or or load management, resting. Uh, Jimmy Butler, when he's played, has not looked great. And I know, Mike. I'm sorry. That's like uh sacrilegious say uh, as, a, as a heat fan but like it's true and I know Draymond just came back yesterday and maybe that's a spark plug uh, that Warriors needed but um you know it's it's going to be a theme throughout the season uh guys missing missing games and it's impacting me on fantasy like Kyrie I lost 28 points last week because he sat out a game um so I hate that and, and Kevin Durant I don't know the news just came out today that he might miss seven days because of uh exposure even though he had coronavirus back in May. So it's definitely something uh, to keep an eye on. But if there's one guy that cannot miss any games this year, because we're about to shift to a hot and cold starts, it has to be um, the current uh, favorite for MVP, uh, Julius Randle. Um, So (laughs) Julius Randle, like he struggled uh, the the past two games um, shooting from the field, but like, let's actually like talk about some of these starts and, and Julius Randle has looked pretty damn good. Um, Khalil, you're a Knicks fan, along with me. Um, what do you think about Julius Randle's hot start so far within the context of the Knicks? Um, well, obviously, it's great for the Knicks if, if anyone, you know, has a hot start. 
Um, but as far as it being Julius Randle, um, I don't necessarily trust it going past the next few games. Um, I think we'll see a sort of regressing to the mean with him as uh, we always do, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, hopefully others, you know, maybe RJ Barrett will pick it up. I know he, he played well last game. Um, I like Emmanuel quickly. Hopefully, you know, he'll step up as a rookie and, and contribute a, a little bit more. Um, but as far as, as trusting Julius Randle, like going forward, um, I'd like to be able to, but just based off of experience and uh, his past, I, I don't really think I can do that, you know? I do think there's one thing that's interesting about Randall's production, though, and I agree with the shooting is obviously he's not going to be shooting, you know, 60% everywhere uh, for forever. But I, I think the passing could be real. Like, this is a guy who's always shown, to me at least, has had the vision. He's always had the vision. It's been sort of a, a willingness, I think. And despite the fact that he's been scoring like gangbusters, like his assist numbers are, you know, he's averaging seven assists a game. And for his career, it's less than three. And um, the Knicks are, are still don't have a obviously they don't have a ton of shooting around them that's going to help them and I think he's there have been assists that have been left on the table for him uh, like guys missing shots that they should have made so like I actually think that some of the stuff I've seen from playmaking from Randall has always been there is actually becoming realized and that's awesome I think as a Knicks fan to see. No, I 100% agree with that point about the assists and like even yesterday or no not yesterday the night before um, against the Pacers when he wasn't shooting well uh, he had. I believe like nine assists still, and he was just out there dishing it and and letting the offense run through him, and then playing nicely um, with Mitch. and And there was no log jam with wing that you normally expect to see there, and 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 forward. And I just actually love to see the Knicks offense um, when it's going well. It, it looks really nice, and Randall's playing within himself. Um, turnovers they're still high, but outside of that, like he's looked much better as a facilitator. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, this next guy on the list, though, Lamella Ball. So uh, for all the listeners out there, I had an emphasis on had Devontae Graham on my fantasy team. Um, and then he was shooting like one for 10 uh, every game and getting just like six assists. And so it's like, OK, like maybe I shouldn't keep Devontae Graham. Um, then I was like, but maybe because, you know, Lamella Ball, he's not that good. And lately, like he has looked really decent not not great but he's looked really decent and, and Karthik I see I see you nodding your head down there like you got you got something you want to add there no nah, he's fun to watch I feel like after the the stinker in game one he's been like relatively consistent in terms of putting up like just solid what like 20 25 minute games of decent like like I feel like he is uh, very much like an energizer for that team to be able to just like bring in both just shooting as well as like his passes I feel like have been on sports in our top 10 a lot recently yeah those are sexy those those passes are sexy and and you're right like so you have here how uh, he's the first top three pick to go scoreless uh and a debut since Otto Porter Jr and with the others being Machine to beat and uh Greg Oden and the less said about Machine to beat um the better Greg Oden like I will cut him some slack injuries and everything like that but the fact that Hashim Tabi was a top three pick um, is is pretty disgusting. <laughs> but we, we don't need to talk about him. Like, Mike, come over, watch some uh, Hornets basketball whenever you want. I know you can't get it on League Pass because we're in the NC area, um, but you're always welcome <sighs> to come yeah. watch. 
Yeah, I mean, I love what I've, I I love what I have had to work hard to see. Like you said, Kirk, it takes me a while to get to the Hornets games, but I think like I think there's a huge advantage to being a rebounding point guard. And I think one of the things that gets overlooked when people shit on Russell Westbrook for chasing rebounds and stuff like that is it lets you get into transition and get into the offense so fast because there's no outlet pass necessary. So when Russell Westbrook was getting 12 rebounds a game, people were like, oh, he's just cherry picking. Steven Adams is letting him take it. Like that's true. But, like, there's still a huge advantage to your point guard being the one who starts with the ball. And I think you're seeing that a little bit with LaMelo Ball. Like, they play super fast when he's in the game. And, uh, you know, Lonzo famously is, like, I, I want to say it was Zach Lowe was one of the guys that was talking about how Lonzo has the ball less than practically any other main point guard because he does these quick hit-ahead passes to people at, like, half court and keep the attack moving fast. And I think you see that a lot with LaMelo, too. So it's fun to watch. I agree. All right. So maybe the Ball brothers um, aren't – bust like maybe they're actually like ballers you know and and maybe who's the one that's not in there leangelo right maybe maybe he was team... briefly though yeah he was briefly with the pistons right yeah yeah uh, well it's the pistons so you know <laughs> uh, <laughs> we don't really need to talk about uh what's happening there except shout out to mason Plumley, you're uh doing great for fantasy thank you um killian hayes uh step your game up but you're a rookie so it's okay <laughs> um but speaking of like the pistons actually really quickly so here we got Christian Wood, uh, former Piston great, um, at least former Piston great for half of a season, now in Houston. And, and I know, Mike, you really, really wanted to talk about the Rockets and you really like uh, Christian Wood. And, and if I'm James Harden, I'm looking around, I'm being like, maybe this is something I could work with here. Like I, I have Christian Wood as like a, the best big that I played with because Clint Capella, uh, no, no, thank you. Um, but like Christian Wood actually putting up numbers. And so we'd love to hear what you got to say about this one, Mike. Dude, I, I was so, I was super pessimistic about this Rockets team going in because I really liked the, some of the old Rockets teams, particularly the Chris Paul Harden ones I thought were just like, so, so fun to watch, which I know wasn't a popular opinion. People don't like claim. They don't like watching Harden. We've already discussed why I do. It reminds me of pickup basketball. And I think that's sick. And uh, this new Rockets team looks like a real NBA offense with like movement and cutting and screening. Um, but like you look at the numbers they've been putting up since Harden came back and even since uh, the, in the games John Wallace played and they're killing it. They have four guys almost averaging 20 points. Eric Gordon's at 19 and they just look like they fit. Like John Wall looks incredible out there. I don't like he had a play in his first game back where he faked going right threw the legs left, drove by three guys, went up and just jammed it lefty. And it was like, hot damn, it's like 2015 all over again. Uh, Christian Wood is like a thousand times better than I thought he'd be, to be honest. Like he showed flashes last year, but usually when a guy has had like 18 different teams try him out and they all trash him, there's a reason for it. And uh, I was very surprised to see how consistent he's been in a much bigger role and how smooth he's looked fitting in next to Harden and uh, John Wall. And Harden's a fat fuck and he's still averaging 37. <laughs> You got Harden and CJ McCollum having a duel of the fatties the other day, and they were both dropping like 40 points. And it's like these dudes are 500 pounds right now. What are they going to look like when they're 400? Pretty exciting stuff. I'm pretty excited. If I was a Rockets fan, uh, I would be like ecstatic with the way they've looked. Hopefully, it'll calm Harden down, and uh, you know maybe he'll want to stay in and see where they can go with this. Yeah, I'm sorry. You, you calling Harden a fat fuck was just uh, was just just made my day because it just. Brought me back to the picture that I drew a mere few weeks ago. Just <laughs> gotta say, we're missing your artwork. <laughs> yeah, we're missing, Harden. missing my artwork um, of uh, of Fat James Harden. But you know, like so, Christian Wood excelling in his role now. 
Um, and so his girlfriend, um, thanks for dropping this New York Post, reputable source. Um, gotta love the New York Post as a, as a Knicks fan. Um, but it has a picture of uh, Christian Wood getting going undrafted. And then also his, um, his girlfriend broke up with him um, when he didn't get drafted. So he's had quite the come up, you know, <laughs> like getting traded and getting going on what the Rockets are his eighth team and, and his girlfriend breaking up with him. Uh, to now just being like a stud. Uh, so good for you, Christian Wood. Um, we see you, we salute you. And if we ever get an alcohol sponsor, we'll have a shot in your honor. So <laughs> we got you, we got you covered there. Um, I literally said he dropped her off at the airport and then never heard from her again. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh my God. But if you're hurt, are you sick now? Are you, are you right. sick to your stomach or? You have to be. You have. It would have been be. a five-year wait before your man started yeah, exactly. making his money, right? Like that's a, that's opportunity cost right there. Right. But like, who? Okay, what other NBA player is she with though? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can like, uh, no, she's not with another NBA player, and she she could have been with Christian Wood. That's <laughs> true. Just saying. Just saying. Maybe she can find Tyler Hero. Oh, wait, Tyler Hero's in a relationship, right? Like. Kyle Heroes with the yeah, what's her name? The Instagram girl. Instagram, yeah. Yeah. That that's that's the name. I don't know. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for the input there. Um, so um hot and cold starts. This one here. We got Jokic, um, who's crushing it, uh, and and Russell Westbrook. And um Russell Westbrook's team um did not win a game until Russell Westbrook uh, sat out. So, um, <laughs> what does that say? Um, and Khalil, you're wearing the the DC shirt right now. What does that say about Westbrook? Um, if his team finally won a game uh, when he was sitting on the bench, uh, I don't think it says much of anything. I think it's pretty obvious that any team is better off with Russell Westbrook on it than you know, as opposed to sitting on the bench. Um, it might just be them being used to playing with each other. Uh, you know, more than they are used to, more than they are playing with uh, Westbrook himself. Um, but I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I mean, I think they're much better off with him on the court rather than off of it. Uh, do you agree with that, Mike? I do. Um, and I, I was trying to pull up the numbers and I can't seem to find them, but I saw some stat that was basically like, whenever Russell Westbrook's on the court, their plus minus is fine. And whenever he's off the court, they're getting slaughtered, even when it was in Beal only lineups. And I saw that before their last game. So I don't know if that's still true, but generally speaking, I think Khalil's spot on, like they're not losing when Russ is on the court, but their depth is, has been worse than uh, advertised and people weren't that high on the depth to begin with. So they're just getting like blown out when the bench units are in the game. And uh, that's, what's killing them. That's all right. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. And we have um, Russ quoting MLK. So, you know, once you quote MLK and then your teammate, Denny, um, says like uh, family stays together or he said something along those lines um, in reply like you know you're doing okay um, and maybe this is this is the rust renaissance that um, we're expecting to see and maybe he starts to look like uh, second half of last season Rockets rest because he was he was crushing it then crushing it then and hopefully I want the Wizards uh, to do well Quill I know you do because you have on uh, the DC shirt of course, uh, of the, course. Phallic, the phallic DC shirt <laughs> Um, so we, we all want Russ to succeed because um, he's a personality, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, and now 
moving on. So the card take, I'm going to, I, 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 we kept this bullet point here uh, just for you. Um, you put it in there and I thought about deleting it, uh, but LeBron is no longer on the verge of 1,000 straight 10 point games. Um, our man, LBJ, King James, um, uh, the chosen one. Um, am, am I kid missing any nickname? Is the kid from Akron. Uh, I feel like there, there's whatever, whatever his other, the, the winner of the two hardest championships in NBA history. <laughs> um, he, he actually has a thousand straight uh, 10 point games. And, and that's huge. Like that's a, that's a really big deal, right? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't think people realize that like every now and then you're, you're due for a stinker. Um, but the fact that this man has played in thousands of games where he's put up 10 points, like that is, that's remarkable. Karthik, do you have anything you'd like to say in case LeBron's listening to us? It's just insane. I think it's a testament to longevity and just domination. They're like 18th season and he's still like just taking everything. Um, I will note that this is regular season because he had a couple of playoff games with the Heat that uh, he did. Yeah, I guess the Celtics, right? <laughs> but I do think like Jimmy Butler had a game recently where he like didn't put up a shot. Like <laughs> to ha- to be a superstar and like know that everyone is playing. I don't know. It's it is uh, this to me is like a mind boggling number of just consistency. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is uh, twenty seven minutes um, and, and nothing. Um, yeah, <laughs> like you can, yeah, shake your head because um, for every every time people, again, I'll be somebody that comes at LeBron James uh, too. Like I was cheering um, my heart out, and Khalil knows this one in two thousand eleven when the Mavs beat the Heat. Like that was a a beautiful series. Um, you can shake your head again, Mike, but it's true. It, it's true. That was a a beautiful, beautiful series. Um, but it, whenever somebody comes at the king and says like, "Oh, he's not that good," like you can just say a thousand straight 10 point games. You can say those four rings and two of them were difficult, not the hardest in NBA history, but like very difficult games. And he's still doing it, putting up a triple double um, three games or two games ago. And then following that up with like a 26, 12 and eight, like the man is actually still playing really good basketball. Um, So, so good for him. Now moving on to these nets. Um, Yeah. Ian Eagle uh, with the Seven uh, Eleven Karthik. I see you put in here a uh, great nickname. Um, I'm gonna say that's not a great nickname. Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah. Cool. You agree, right? That's not a great nickname. It's, it's no, not at all. Like, yeah, like it rolls off the tie. But what's the meaning behind it, other than their jersey numbers? Are they open twenty four seven? Is that why they're Seven <laughs> Eleven? Yeah, it's it's not it's not a great one. Um, like I, I feel like it could have been like uh, the spider and the twig would have been a, would have been a better nickname for them. Like uh, play off a of Durantula and Kyrie being the twig, <laughs> and, and he know. could symbolize uh, being the tree of life or, or something along those lines. You know, <laughs> he he loves that kind of stuff. So yeah. I feel like that might have been <laughs> a lot of work for a nickname. Like an um, <laughs> but I'm just gonna run with it and, and email that to. Uh, the Nets team. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you for the laughter. Y'all, y'all froze there, but I saw your uh, smiling faces and I assume that you were laughing there with me. So thank you. But in terms of like how they've actually looked on a basketball court, 
Um, so we had like looking killer. They won that game over the Hawks, um, but they've actually struggled of late. And it's right. And, and I don't know necessarily what to attribute that to, if it's a defensive slip up or um, the lack of depth because of Spencer Didwitty or because with maybe it's not a lack of depth, but because they've lost Spencer Didwitty, they can't play the same way that they were playing before. And so then that depth becomes um, even more important. And now they've, they've lost some of that, but uh, Mike Carthick, what, what are your thoughts on just the Nets uh, overall so far? I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like I think they, since they started playing Levert a little bit more with the frontline guys to, uh, you know, uh, take up some of the Dinwiddie minutes with them. Like he's, his shooting has kind of fall off a cliff, which by the way, that dude is just jacking it every time he gets in the game. Like even when he was riding with the bench guys, like I, it was, it was like Colin Sexton rookie year style, not even pretending to look like he'd get the rebound. He'd dribble for 20 seconds and jack it up. And that's not something that you want to see. I think, unless you're just like desperate to jack up his trade value and then see if, uh, you know, the Nets are going to try to flip him. I don't like the way that he, I, I've said this last time too. I just don't love the fit with Levert with these two guys. And um, I, I think that the Dinwiddie trade does hurt them more than, at, at least I already said the Dinwiddie injury has hurt them more than I personally expected. I, I agree. It's thrown them out of sync. They look not like they aren't clicking the way they were in the first few games. 7-11 um, or Spider and Twig. Um, maybe you're not the the true contender. Well, don't take your head. No, that's a, it's a great nickname. <laughs> it's a great name. We'll like, workshop maybe, that a bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll workshop it a bit. Um, but like, we're about to talk like who's, who's real and, and who's not. Um, and so like, I'm still going to say that the nets are for real, right? Like when, at the end of the day, when you have two guys like a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving, um, like you are going to be good. Like you're, there's no doubt about that. Um, but the first three games, I'm like, okay, this team is coming out the East. Um, now I don't know if I'm ready to say just that. And, and later on, we're going to say our like MVP pick for, the first seven games of the season and the rookie of the year. And then also like who we think um, looks like the team that's going to come out of each conference. Like I'm not ready to say it's the Nets. <laughs> um, I'm not going to completely dismiss them though, but whew, who's real, who's not. Um, so on this list of uh, who's for real. So when, when we put together this list, uh, the magic were four and out and, looking great um and then <laughs> and then the magic um remembered that they were the magic and then they played the sixers um and they haven't uh looked as great since but like in the context of who's for real with the magic are they for real in terms of being a playoff contender like like obviously not coming out the east but like are they for real in that six to to nine range so we think that's like a possibility for them Six to ten or six to eleven, if you want to call it for this year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, like, do do you think that they're they're there, Karthik, or no? I do. I mean, I think it's literally two out of every te- three teams in the conference are going to be making the playoffs this year. So, I feel like they are in that competitive range, and I can see them being like that bottom. I feel like there's enough there. Markel Fultz is like super cooled off, um, but I can see like enough just excitement and uh, like I don't know I feel like they've got enough to uh, to be competitive you just use excitement with the magic that's that's confusing Terrence Ross has been killing it I picked him up too and he's Terrence Ross I feel like he can like they're giving him a green light 
like let him see, <laughs> let him roll. Cool. You like Terrence Ross, it seems. <laughs> no, I was, I was saying Cole Anthony is playing a lot better than I expected mm. him to, to be quite honest. No, that is true. And so, like, for the drop off that like Fultz has had, and like he's still like I'm I'm happy to see Markel Fultz doing well. Like to be completely honest, like it, the shit that he went through in Philly, um, they he was just not set up for success there. But like I'm happy that he is doing relatively well down in Orlando. But Cole Anthony, I hate to say it, but like he has looked decent. Um and I did not want that for him um, because he's a UNC guy. <laughs> and because Spike Lee was celebrating uh, him getting drafted um, and he was getting drafted by the Magic. So Spike Lee, um, I'm going to have to be mad at you for that one. Mike, you got any thoughts about the Magic here before we move on to the Pacers? I know you really want to talk about that. Uh, yeah, you know, I honestly, no. I feel like the Magic every year are just like solid. Like Steve Clifford, I think, is a great coach for maximizing untalented teams in terms of like you don't turn the ball over that much. You, uh, you know, you finish in transition. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they will be in the mix for the playoffs. I am not excited to watch them. Like, I don't feel like this team. I'm sorry, sorry, Karthik. I cannot stand watching the Magic. I feel like they're the way they play is not aesthetically pleasing to my eye, but. But I do think they're yeah. solid. I think they definitely compete for like a low seed, like they do every single year. It seems like. Yeah, um, yeah, Garth, I got excited. Really, you really <laughs> threw me for a loop there when you said excited. I was not expecting that. Um, but the Pacers and Mike, you talked about them um, earlier on the podcast, and I know I made a joke about them losing uh, to the Knicks, and like again, the Knicks are are going to do that to teams this year. Um, and this is a serious comment. And the last comment I'll have about the Knicks, at least I'll try to have about the Knicks, like every team that plays them is going to be in for a challenge because Tom Thibodeau just raises that floor for them um, a little bit. And, and the Knicks seem to have all bought in um, that night against the Sixers, notwithstanding, and against the Raptors when they just couldn't shoot. But other than that, like you're going to play a good Knicks or uh, maybe not a good Knicks team, but you're going to play a Knicks team that competes uh, every night. So, like, I'll forgive the Pacers um, that loss. But overall, they've looked really good. I know you want to talk about Oladipo, but Sabonis, like, he's looked like an absolute stud in the center of that offense. Like, he, the way he's passing, his playmaking. I was watching a highlight the other day. Um, he just had a guy rolling off the screen just – held the ball up ever so slightly and then just dished it back behind his head. And I don't know if any of you saw that, but I was like, oh, wee. Uh, <laughs> in the room and, and just loving every second of that. So uh, Mike, I'll let you take it away and then talk about the Pacers here. Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, you know, you touched on a lot of the main things. Like I think Sabonis is playing and Kirk, you and I talked about this a little bit. He's like 90% of, uh, of Jokic or 110% of like Nick Vucevic. Um, and he's like, just, you know, he, he seems like he's taking a step forward. Uh, I already talked about Oladipo being a better than I think what most people thought he would be given. Like he was just playing a couple months ago and didn't look nearly as good as he does now, in my opinion. And if you look at their advanced stats, they're pretty good. They're like sixth in offensive rating, seventh in defense. So they're well-rounded, which tends to bode pretty well for playoff teams. Um, every year people sleep on the Pacers because like their roster doesn't, isn't filled with sexy names, especially after Old Depot got injured. And every year they outperform expectations. 
Um, and their offense has been crazy to watch because they're actually still not shooting any three pointers. They never have, they're still not, but they've completely cut down their mid ranges and they're just going at the basket hard. I think they're first or second in the league and drives to the rim. And that just makes it for like a much more, in my opinion, like physical and entertaining game. Uh, and so they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. So Carth, the question for you, um, would you trade Kuzma for Miles Turner? Let's say the, the Pacers gave that offer. Would you, would you do that? Carl? 100%. No, I oh, love Kuz. Yeah, but hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, good. Just want to make sure you're not like delusional in your in your Kuzma. I also feel like Miles Turner fills a lot of what the Lakers need, just from a defensive and like stalwart perspective. But Kuz is fun. He put up twenty and a half, I think, like very recently, and was like, when Kuz succeeds, the Lakers are just like so much more fun. <laughs> they might not be better, but <laughs> they're, more, they're more fun. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Um, and so staying in the East, because I feel like a lot of the surprise teams, at least the teams that are doing well, um, they have been in the East. And so the Hawks, um, like that offense is legit. Uh, they might, they can't defend anyone um, worth shit, but they can play and they can score. Um, and Trey Young, like you, you put it there, uh, Karthik, but like the dude always just sticks out. You can't see this, but like, because it's a podcast, but he always sticks out his butt and just gets that guy like going over the screen. And that's really cool. <laughs> like my guy is drawing free throws. Like it's, like it's nobody's business. And, um, and they're talking about on a podcast today. Like if he had Kyle Lowry's butt, like he, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, like the injured reserve list would just be significantly larger because everybody would be getting hurt off of Trey Young's butt. Um, that was funny. But, <laughs> anybody got any thoughts uh, besides that and and Nathan Knight, who, like, Ray, William, and Mary? <laughs> like, you're welcome. <laughs> like, we're talking about uh, Nathan Knight. But anybody have any thoughts about the Hawks? Damn, speechless. That's Capella great. and Collins have both looked good. I was worried about both of them for different reasons. And I, especially Capella, I think, has looked, has fit in a little bit better than I thought he would. Um, and he's like the only prayer they have of putting up like an even, you know, a mediocre defense all hinges on Capella being able to stay on the floor and hang out and hang in on offense with the rest of them. And he's look, he's look good. Yeah. So Mike, I'm guessing you're saying the Hawks are for real. Uh, I, you know, I think their record now is, is four and two, right. I think. And um, I, I think that's reasonable. I think, uh, I think like a trade is probably going to come down to earth a little bit, but you have to think a team that has this many new pieces, like the cohesion hopefully will grow over time. So if they can avoid injury, I think like the team should only get, get better really. So I, I do think that they have looked really good and they are definitely in play for like a, you know, three, four or five type seed in the East. Yeah, three, four, five, that's cool. Cool. What do you think? Real or not? Um, I'm going to say they're a lot realer than I thought they were a lot realer than I thought they were. Um, like Mike said, they had, they added a whole bunch of pieces. Um, so I thought it would have taken a little bit longer for, for them to gel, but it looks like they're gelling just fine. And, and they're really fun to watch as a fleet. Yeah, for sure. I, I can see them like getting to the Eastern conference finals. Like they're, I feel like they've, they've got Trey Young, to, who's just been killing it and can, like, score and is their crunch time guy. Like, Collins, Hunter, McDonough. They've got, like, so many pieces that I feel like are, like, what I think of as, like, you know, like those playoff X factors. Okay, so um, if you're listening to this uh, – oh, cool. Yeah, go, go ahead. 
with regards to the uh, the Trey Young butt bump, do you think that's the the next evolution of like the James Harden like swing through move? Where the refs are gonna chill on it? You mean? Um, no, where like people just start to to get like obscene amount of free throws because of it. Personally, yeah, I think the refs. <laughs> I think the refs are going to correct for it eventually. Like, I, there are times where it's a legitimate foul, and right. um, there are times where it's clearly not. And I think, like to your point, people it will start to popularize it a little bit more. And I think we're going to hit a tipping point pretty soon where the refs are going to stop rewarding like the egregious ones. Right? Like, there are times where you can just use it and then draw a legitimate foul, in my opinion. But I, I do think that they'll be able to fix that relatively easily. I hope. I hope we'll see. Yeah, I, I, th- I think there will be a, a market correction on that one, too. Um, and especially, like, for a guy like a Trey Young. Um, I just feel like I, I don't know where all the love for Trey Young comes from, uh, to be quite honest with you. It, it literally – it blows my mind. Like, he's a great player, but I'm just confused, like, where he's, like, on this all-star starter uh, level all of a sudden. Like, that part makes no sense to me. Um, and I feel like there will definitely be – uh, some correction there, but uh, I'm going to say the Hawks are real too. Um, but if all four of us agreed that the Hawks are real and you're listening to this and you're wondering if you should bet on the Hawks, um, don't, <laughs> like, like definitely, definitely do, do not, we, we, we are not um, experts to that level, except for maybe Mike. Um, but yeah, don't take our word for it. Do not bet on the Hawks, but we think they're for real. Um, a team I don't think is for real, but I love watching them play is the uh, Sexland Cavs. Um, and if you're, if you're wondering, like, why I'm just talking about Sexland, uh, it's, it's Darius Garland and, and Colin Sexton. I'm, I'm that's not a great just, nickname. It, that's a great nickname. Like, that, like that's the, the nickname that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving need to work on or the Nets <laughs> broadcasting need to work on. They need something that says, like, Sexland. <laughs> um, but, like, Colin Sexton can score. Um, and he's he gets steals like it's nobody's business. Like I just see him just being aggressive in people's faces and, and getting steals. But that that whole team, like I think it's a mirage. Um, Larry Nance Jr. Um, it's still a meaningful contributor. Which yeah, Garth, you can go ahead and cheer for that. But I, I'm pretty sure I, I I'm gonna pull up the numbers soon. I mean maybe Mike, you've already done it, but like the numbers say that they are actually for real. Um, but I don't know how sustainable. That is, yeah, Mike, I see you nodding there. What do you guys say? So um, right now it looks like, well, I just lost it. Where the fuck did it go? Uh, hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So offensive rating is actually horrible for them now. And, you know, for anyone listening, offensive rating is like uh, a, me- a measure of efficiency, like how many points are you scoring per 100 possessions? And they're actually 26th in offense, but they're second in defense right behind the 76ers. And I think if you're listening to this, like I was shocked when I found these, like that doesn't make any sense with what I'm seeing. And part of it's, they've played like a pretty cupcakes uh, schedule for the most part. Um, but like I, you look at this team, a team with a backcourt of Sexland and with Drummond, who's an okay, but flawed defender, there is no way they can be the second best defense in the league long-term. Like, I don't think their offense is 26 bad, but I do think it's not going to be great, but there's their defense is going to fall off a cliff at some point, And I think that's going to going to crush them long-term. That said, I, I still think if you're a Cavs fan, you should be hopeful because like Sexton and Garland have both looked much better this year. And like long-term this year wasn't ever supposed to matter for the Cavs. 
Um, you just want to see your young guys getting better. Drummond has looked like a better fit than a lot of Pistons fans would have led you to believe, I think. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think, I think like the Cavs hot start is, is a mirage, but I think there is a lot of promise there that like, frankly, I was not expecting to see this year. Yeah, no, I mean, I, like I said, their defense, because like Colin Sexton is, is literally like a pest. Like when I watch them play uh, the Knicks, I'm just like, put him on the bench. I get him, get him out of this game. He's going to be the single reason um, that we can't win these types of games. But all that's, I'm surprised that they're that, they're 26, really? 20, yeah, and, and Sexton's been super efficient. Um, but and Garland has been pretty decent, but they're not getting like Nance's. I think it slowed down a little bit. Drummond's kind of been inconsistent on offense. Um, but I, I was also surprised by that. I think they've been get plagued a little bit by turnovers too, which is hurting them. Yeah, no, that, that that makes sense for them. So, like I said at the jump, I'm gonna say they're they're not real. Does anybody think they're real? Like beyond competing for like a a nine ten? Like I initially. When, when Mike and I were texting about this, like I would have said they could definitely contend, but now I'm like, eh, maybe for that 10th seed, but anybody thinking otherwise? No. Sorry. Sorry, Cavs. Um, great nickname, um, but yeah, your team is not going to the playoffs this year. Uh, the Suns, I'm just, I'm going to keep this one short. Uh, from my end, like, I think they're for real. Like, Karthik put it in there, point God. Um, those were numbers from last week, but like, there's a reason um, he's nicknamed the point God and he's brought that roster together nicely, but it's like even Devin Booker, DeAndre, and they, their numbers have gone down, but then you see guys like a Michael Bridges and a Cam Johnson and campaign, and they're actually all producing and, and Bridges is doing it on both ends of the floor. And so it's like, yeah, what they have there, in my opinion, um, is real. Does does anybody disagree with that? Like I'm, I'm, I'm listening to all arguments against the Suns being real. No, not at all. I think anytime you can get a campaign to con uh, to contribute in any way, then you're doing something right. So I think, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think um, uh, one thing to note too is that, like, I, I think the fact that like Booker's numbers are down a little bit and Paul's are, yeah, I don't know, depending on your expectations, but they're not that high. He's not shooting that well. But part of that is because they're just so slow. They're the 29th fastest team in the league this year, and they were the ninth fastest team last year. So if you play at the slowest pace or the next to slowest pace in the league, which is a hallmark of Chris Paul teams and LeBron teams, like great point guards love it to be slower so they can kind of, you know, control the action. And uh, frankly, if you're playing a slow team, there's just less opportunity to put up counting stats, right? So that's why the Devin Booker stuff isn't that surprising to me. Um, but that's another team where it's weird because their offensive rating is middle of the pack, but their defensive rating is very high, top 10. And I don't, again, I don't know that this team is really capable of being a top 10 defense, but if that's true, then it bodes really well for their future. I, I think they are. Like, Aiton, like, he definitely uh, improved defensively, like, last season. And like I said, Bridges, he's a Bridges. stud on defense. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my God. I, I love watching him play. Um, and in fantasy, like, I always get some steals and some blocks. So, uh, even better. But, like, I do think their their defense um, is for real more than than we talked about the Cavs with their second-ranked defense. Like, that, that's a mirage. But I think the Suns can actually keep it up. Um, and offensively, you, you, you hit everything on the head. And so, Suns. Uh, you're for real. Um, I think they can be a top four seed. Um, yeah, cool. What you got? And I was going to ask, since we all like strongly agree that they're for real, I was going to say what, like, 
what our expectations in terms of like seating in the West? Five? Oh, okay. Mike say five. What do you think, Karthik? One ahead of the Lakers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think, yeah, four, five, maybe, yeah, somewhere around there. I can see them dropping a little bit, but I do think that their defense is, is more legit than um like well obviously not stay at these like historic levels but i think like pretty strong and i think they've got um a lot of just potential with michael bridges and and the way that they communicate yeah i take it back i'll put them at four because i think that there are other teams that are better than them but most of those teams haven't panned out so i think they actually probably will stay ahead of most of them so i do think they should end up with home court advantage if this looks if this is real you know, like, I don't know, like, Mike, that was the perfect transition to the teams that we are we concerned about certain teams like, damn, look at you. Um, you you're, you're great at this. I can tell you're doing managerial improv. Um, yeah. <laughs> Keep it up. Keep it up. I'll, I'll tell the professor, uh, give you an SP. Um, so I, I, you can all see my screen here. Uh, I'm not going to read any team off in particular, but like of the teams that you see on this list, so the, I guess the Bucks, Wizards, Nuggets, Mavs, Raptors, and I put the Nets here, even though we talked about them um, before. Like, is there any team that's jumping out to you uh, that you're concerned about? Um, and anyone can start this one off. The Raptors on that list are, I would have expected them to have started the season off much stronger. I feel like Pascal Siakam is like not nearly as awesome as I thought he was when he was playing with Kawhi. I feel like it wasn't great towards the end of last year and he just like hasn't come off with a burst like hasn't been as dominant as I thought he could be and I feel like the Raptors overall like I, I'm a big believer in Nick Nurse like I think they've got like the ability to turn around but the start has definitely me a lot more concerned than I would have been or would have like I, like yeah not not feeling the Raptors anymore yeah I heard uh well I saw a tweet uh the other day that said that uh Siakam is just Luke Umba Mute with OVO gear. <laughs> and it is starting to look like that is the case. So I don't, I don't know. But what might help the Raptors um, is giving Stanley Johnson consistent minutes. That's all I'm saying. Oh my God. <laughs> no shot. Yep. Wait, should the Raptors trade? Do you think the Raptors would ever say, like, you know what, let's fuck it, let's trade for James Harden? We'll give him Siakam. We'll give him. I don't know who else they would give up. I don't think they would give up OG. Um, but, like, let's give up Siakam and all of our future draft picks. Could you see them doing something like that to turn that around? Um, yes, but I don't think – I think they'd have to give up OG because I don't think Siakam is enough at this point. That's true. You know? So – but I can see them doing yeah. that. They did the same thing with Kawhi. Um, and I think the Raptors are kind of, like, ripe for a trade like that. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. No, I agree with you, though, Karthik, about being concerned about them. And, like, that's the Yakum point. Like, it's, it's six games, so you can't judge too much. But I feel like you can with him because right after the All-Star game last year, he started to struggle. And, like you said, he struggled in the bubble as well. So, there's, it's been enough of a sample size to be like, oh, yeah, uh, maybe he has Luke Mabob Moot. I completely uh, <laughs> messed that up. Um, but – if he were a good player, I wouldn't have messed his name up. So uh, there we go on that one. Um, but Mike, what are you thinking here? Uh, I, I'm real concerned about the Mavs, man. I like I know they're missing Chris Stops, but like Luca is on 
the fat fuck bandwagon with CJ McCollum and James Harden. Um, and he's like, he's been banged up. He's had a bunch of like little tiny injuries um, that none of them are like serious, but they don't help you get into better uh, conditioning. And like, to me, it's crazy because their net rating is flat. It's 0.1, meaning they're basically, you know, uh, equally uh, on offense and defense, but they won a game by 51 points. So how bad did you do in your other games that if you won a game by 51, your net rating is still zero? That's almost mathematically impossible. <laughs> Look at that. Kurt's pictures of fat Luca, and my God, they are awesome. Yeah, um, so Incredible. If, you're, if you're wondering – um, it looks like something straight out of the New Yorker, um, like a parody <laughs> or satire on uh, Trump, but it's actually Luka Doncic, um, Luka Donuts, um, as, as they want to call him. But yeah, no, I, I mean, and you said about, you know, they're missing uh, KP. Um, I mean, he's always gone, so <laughs> they should be con- very concerned. Like even him coming back, I don't know if that's necessarily uh, fixing much of anything. But cool, besides the Raptors and the Mavs, is there any team – um, on that list or a team that's not even on this list um, that you might be concerned about? Um, I was looking at the Nuggets. Um, they took a big step forward in the bubble, and I was looking for them to, I guess, come out and make this big statement, um, and they haven't. I guess you could attribute that to the to the short offseason, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of worried about them, man. Worried about them and their progress. Yeah, no, I'm worried about them too. And like, I looked up Michael Porter Jr. stats because I mean, I only watched the opening game, and I mean, numbers wise, looks like he's doing great. Um, is Jamal Murray playing all right this year, like stats wise, or is he just regular season Jamal Murray? He started like regular season Jamal Murray, and then I think he had 33 the other night, so it seems like he's picking up a little bit. But he hasn't made like. That yeah okay so yeah he's had two good games in a row thirty six uh, last night and then thirty one the game before that at least shooting wise he's picking up a little bit so we'll see okay. hard to tell right now I yeah, think the problem like, might be so, that he signed with New Balance recently and uh, that's that's never a good move so you know hey don't that's Kawhi signed with New I guess actually have you seen yeah. issues yeah you're <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point but, <laughs> no I think. My concern with the Nuggets um, is if this goes on for too long, uh, that they're going to be like, you know what, blow it up. Let's trade for James Harden. Um, And I don't know if I want James Harden uh, playing with my boy uh, Jokic. Um, I I love the Joker. um, And and I just feel like that would just ruin the beauty of of his game. Um, And I see you all nodding in agreement because – yeah, like watching the Joker play is something beautiful. Um, and I just, yeah, I don't want that to be out of my life. Um, even though I haven't watched more than one game of them this year, like I I need his his stuff um, with me at all times. And so like none of us talked about the Bucks. Um, and, and I guess this year I'm not overly concerned about the Bucks, right? And in, in the sense that they're incorporating new pieces. Um, we know that they're going to be in the postseason. And it's just a matter of figuring out everything comes together. Um, but the people out there are like, oh, my gosh, should, are the Bucks should they be worried? Um, do they look stupid for not signing uh, Bogdanovich? Like, no, it, it's okay, everyone. Like, Giannis is still one of the top three players in the NBA, and that will be true uh, no matter what their record is this year. So, so shut up. 
Um, the Bucks will be good, and they'll beat the Lakers in the finals. Oh, I just gave away <laughs> my, my finals prediction. Um, so I, I do want to jump to that, and then we can talk about everything else before um, Mike has to leave because I know you have a hard stop soon. Um, so right now, um, and we'll start with you, Mike. Who's your uh, current MVP? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I would have said Jokic, but honestly, it's really tough to pick the MVP from a team that's two and four, you know. So I actually go on a different limb. And I'm going to say uh, Paul George. And I think that um, you look at this Clippers team that obviously they're five and two right now. Uh, I think they're they're tied for first in the West. And if you look at the numbers that Paul George has been putting up, and I know he's been a punchline for the last couple of months, but the dude has come out on fire. And uh, like, I think this, and he's been, frankly, if you watch the games, he's been more of a focal point on the offense than Kawhi has, which I think is something that is surprising. Ty Luce come in and he's completely changed the way the Clippers play. The offense looks way different. Um, there's a lot less dribble isos, a lot less letting Kawhi do whatever he wants. Um, and uh, a lot less Lou Williams, which I think has actually paid big dividends. Um, like, honestly, if you look at his uh, like possession and usage rates and stuff like that, they're way down, one of the lowest it's been in years. And um, almost all of that has been redistributed to Paul George. And uh, like, I think that he's just carrying the team that I think they're, has been besides the 76ers and the Lakers. I think the Clippers have looked probably the third best to me uh, in the whole league. So I, I'm going to say Paul George. You know what? I, I really like hearing that because Paul George is on my fantasy team. Um, and, and Paul George, like I, we owe you an, or at least I owe you an apology. Um, I made jokes about you being. Do it in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. He's done it true. in the playoffs. He has just not recently <laughs> yeah yeah not recently um but like i i did disparage you and and you said you were on motherfuckers asses and and you're playing like it and, and it could be the system but like yeah you are um putting up numbers and, and you are looking great um with what tyloo has running out there so uh good on you paul george and uh, he's not my mvp pick um or at least i don't think he'll finish in the top three like for the first seven games of the season not, not bad. It's, it's, it's Julius Randle for me. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the year, I think it's going to be uh, Jokic uh, for sure. Um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like this is the year he, he brings it home and, and the Nuggets come roaring out the gates in the second half of the season and, and Jokic has a narrative. Um, but before you go, Mike, also, who, who do you think is coming out? If you have to decide right now who's coming out of the East, who's coming out of the West? West, I, I still, I got to tip it to the Lakers. And I think most people probably would say that. I honestly, no offense to LeBron or to Karthik, but I do hope it's the Clippers. Um, I would love to see a redemption redemption narrative for that team because I think they got a lot of interesting characters. Um, but I realistically, there's no reason not to pick the Lakers right now, in my opinion. The East, and frankly, is a much more interesting question. And I think you could go any direction with it. But the safe, the safe pick would be the 76ers right now. Like they lead the league in defense and it's not particularly close. And I think that was, if people were worried that you add in some extra shooting, it's going to free up the offense, but maybe it'll make the defense worse, but their defense is significantly better than it was at this point last year, which I think is really interesting. So if you can keep extra shooting on the floor and still have defense, I think Sixers are like primed for like playoff style basketball. So I know it's the it's it's a cop out to pick the two teams with the best records, but I they they're the ones that have looked the best for a reason. Yeah, well, you know the reason the Sixers um, defensive rating was good because the Knicks had an off night when they played them, 
so it, it helps skew the stats. Um, but no, that, that's that's a decent pick. That's a decent pick there. Julius Randle's like that boy from um, the uh, the Incredibles, where he's like the fastest human on earth, but they let him run track, and then he has to just like finish second or third <laughs> to not arouse suspicion. Like if Julius Randle was allowed to unleash his full powers and average 140 and 30 every game, it wouldn't be fair. So he's got to just like you know play it a little cool. <laughs> I, I needed that. Peace out, Mike. Go make some dinner, man. That was beautiful. Uh, Karthik, who's your MVP, or do you got to run to? No, no, no. I am just going to piggyback off of Michael's point on the Sixers and say it's Joel Embiid. Um, I feel like he has been rolling, putting up like double doubles every game and has been sort of like pioneering that defense that's been so strong. I feel like if he keeps up what he's doing, I can't imagine. Like even with Jokic, like putting up triple double numbers, I feel like just the way that Embiid has come out this season, he feels different. Like it feels serious. And I guess that's a testament. Do you think that's a testament to Doc, or what are you going to attribute that to? I hate Doc Rivers, um, but yes, I mean, <laughs> like I think there is a. I'm sure there's a lot of it that has to do with coaching, but I think it's also just like the pieces that they've got around them. They've got additional years um, under their belt. Like Ben Simmons is like I feel like they just like gel really well, and when that is all clicking, like Embiid's best comes out regularly. So, are you picking then the Sixers also to come out the? So that means no. you're taking pictures from the East then? No, so I, 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 am, oh, okay. <laughs> I, am, I am not – I am a believer in Brooklyn. Like, I feel like KD and Kyrie, like, they'll figure it out. Like, I'm I, – I love Steve Nash as a coach. I feel like there is just a lot of um, stuff that they haven't necessarily tapped into just because it's such a – it was a short offseason. It's a short – like, it's, it's a – uh, we're like a tenth of the way through the season, um, but I am going to, uh, in true Lakers fashion, just de- default to superstars. Okay, hey, you can't. It's a superstar league, right? It's a, it's a star-driven league, so you can't go wrong. And, and to my point earlier about like a team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, like that's not a bad team to pick. They have a bad nickname. Their jerseys are trash. Um, nobody cares, but. They are a good team. Um, so, yeah, you got to recognize that. Cool who you got as your, your MVP pick and uh, finals pick as of now. Um, <laughs> and, it, again, it's so early. MVP, I couldn't really think of anyone other than um, the two we've discussed already, um, Embiid and uh, Jokic. Um, but I think, I think it's pretty cool that for the first time in, I don't know, the past few years that we have two big men as – front runners for MVP. I don't know. I think there's something to be said about that. Um, in terms of the finals, I agree with Karthik, Brooklyn out of the East. And then you can't deny the, the Lakers out of the West at all. Uh, they, they've gotten better since last year. And I really don't know how that's possible, um, but it happened. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think they're the prime to come out of the West for sure. All right. Well, did I, did I say Bucks Lakers, right? That's what I said earlier. Bucks Lakers. Yeah. Um, damn. I, I hate, I hate that we're all in agreement on this Lakers one, but I'm going to have to agree. Like the Lakers were good. That's where they won the championship. Um, they got better. Is that a LeBron uh, championship bobblehead? It is. <laughs> wow. Got a hand free for the championship. He's going to win this year. Wait. Did you get that for Christmas for yourself? 
Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. I love it. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the Lakers are, are coming out the West, um, but I don't think they're winning uh, the championship. I do genuinely think that this is the year Giannis won the championship. Wow. Like there's, yeah, and that's a bold, bold statement, but there's no talk about them this year um, other than a botch sign and trade. Um, they're figuring things out. They had that blowout of the heat the other night. And so, like, I, I just think over time, in the course of the season, Drew Holiday has looked great. Uh, Chris Middleton has stepped up his game. Dante hey, DiVincenzo, mm-hmm. um, he's looked good, right? Like, and so I think it's just a matter of it all coalescing into something beautiful. Um, and I think that will happen by the time the playoffs roll around. And as much as the Sixers are a front runner right now, like, I don't think Joel Embiid um, is, is long for staying healthy. Um, and I think that's going to be, like, something that, that reared its ugly head in the postseason. And so, like, I'm going to go ahead and, and say uh, Bucks lakers um, seven games into the season. You heard it here first, folks. Um, Bucks winning in six. Um, <laughs> winning on uh, the floor of Staples Center. Um, and, and Giannis uh, puts on the crown. Um, and then he uh, demands a trade and signs with the Knicks. Or I guess trades with the Knicks in, in two years. And then uh, the Garden will be will be will be all right at that point um but want to close out like and we threw it in here and, and other stuff but got to recognize uh becky hammond uh real quick like that that is awesome and i know last year um, she was part of like a, a little group of coaches it was last year or the year before and like tim duncan was the one actually calling the plays but like this year for becky hammond um to go ahead and like actually um, be the one being the coach on the sideline that that is awesome and and then this year we had um what was her name sarah fuller from vanderbilt Vandy, right right yep, from vanderbilt um and so you're just seeing the stuff and it, it's it's long overdue and like i hope becky hammond uh becomes a head coach much sooner rather than later because she's she's a real one um, i'd love to see her sue bird and diana tarasi all the coaches i could that'd be be sick so i just Want to shout her out, um, but Khalil Karthik, do you have uh, any final thoughts? And also, of course, I'm out for John Morant. Hopefully, makes that speed of recovery. But yeah. uh, either of you got any final thoughts? Um, not. I guess just to piggyback off of uh, the Becky Hammond thing, I think she has a really good chance at securing the um, the Spurs job once Pop is done. Because if you think about it, they had another coach on the sidelines that that had been there for some time. I think he's coaching for Brooklyn now. Um, Mm -hmm. Tim Duncan's left. um, And she's the only one that's stayed that I could remember. So I think she has a really, really good shot at at securing that job once once Pop is done. It's just up to the Pop, you know, whenever he decides to to go. Um, But yeah, man. Happy for her. Any thoughts? I'm sorry. Uh, Not... Props, like, awesome for Becky Hammond. Uh, I thought it was funny. Pop looks really, like, not to go from, like, a woman being in the coaching ranks to making fun of someone's <laughs> facial look. <laughs> like, Pop with long hair, it is really hard to take him seriously. It's, like, flowing yeah. down, and he's, like, getting really angry at the refs because the Lakers are so much better than his team. And it's, like, come on, man. Um, <laughs> he does look but, funny now. <laughs> my only parting thought um, is that... I, I think I'm making Golden State required watching moving on. Like, St- Steph was 
bonkers yesterday and was literally like triple covered every possession and was just like I feel like everyone seems to be riding off Golden State and Draymond Green is laughable at this point he has one point in two games um but I feel like this is like Steph Curry is gonna just like remind everyone why he was like back like unanimous MVP and uh took his team to the championship even before KD and all. I'm, I'm very excited for it. I, I'm a big believer in just what Steph can do for a team. Yeah, if he stops being so passive and plays like yesterday, like then I'll, I'll start watching the Warriors. But I need to see Steph go like supernova for three games before I'm tuning into a single Warriors game. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but like, so you'll be tuning in on January 8th. Damn, Karthik has the receipts pulled up. He's like, well, I know exactly which game you'll be watching, Terry. <laughs> cool. I'll call you on January 8th. Um, but Khalil, Karthik, it's been fun. Um, and we got a, a lot of basketball to watch this week. Karthik, good luck in fantasy. Uh, Khalil, good luck to us um, watching Knicks games. Yes. Uh, we have a game tonight in uh, 21 minutes. Uh, so let's let's go Knicks. Stay with us, Karthik. Let's go, Nick. <laughs> no? All right. Well, thanks to all of our <laughs> listeners, uh, all three of you. Um, <laughs> and uh, cool. <laughs> we'll see you all soon. Uh, I'm going to – I don't know how to – how do I stop recording? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't Bottom do tab. A little no, black square.